You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hello. Uh, I currently exist, and rumors about my death have been slightly exaggerated. Slightly, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm a so little you're only dead. partially dead? Yeah, on the inside, that's all. Oh, okay, good, guys. <laughs> He's joined me in the land of just dead to everything. <laughs> and oh. I'm sure that has to make our guests happy to hear <laughs> It sure does. She's making a thrilled face, knowing that uh, the man that she betrothed her life to uh, feels like he's a husk in a skin suit. Welcome to my wife, Sarah Brunkhorst. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) The excitement is palpable, Sarah. And I I want to get out front that I'm thrilled that Sarah actually arrived home from work shortly ago and insisted upon changing for a podcast. Uh, uh, I appreciate it, though. She is wearing, in fact, her pizza rolls, not gender rolls t-shirt, and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> I, I appreciate the theme t-shirt. <laughs> to go along with the film we did, uh, a good switch-up of gender roles, finally. All the success Marvel's had, they've yet to do a single, a female lead movie, and DC does it. We saw Wonder Woman, of course, and hopefully you did, too. Finally, Finally a film to break the mold and actually be a good DC movie. Yeah, shockingly, DC's (laughs) success is when they do not try to make a movie that's already been made. Like, when they were just like, I don't know, we'll just let these people go and do whatever they want. And the the director and the actors and everybody, it's... It also helped that they tricked Zack Snyder out into the back parking lot and then shut the door and locked it. And he just sat outside banging on the door and saying, wait... No, I want to put more lens flare, and then they just wouldn't let him in. And uh, I don't know. There's some of the fight scenes. There are where... lots of donuts in the dumpster, so he got distracted. <laughs> yeah, he just Zach ate donuts for like you know four months, in or however defense, long it takes to shoot a movie. Who doesn't love dumpster mm-hmm. donuts? I feel like he he I definitely. I mean, they're not stale. Work. They just can't sell them. That's true. Sarah worked at a bakery for many years. Guys. Yeah, let's not get uh, on the bad side of the donut industry for this podcast, please. Also, she was homeless for like six months. <laughs> Those both have taught her many things. Um, yeah, we saw Wonder not Woman. Because she didn't have like a home. She just—it was an experiment. <laughs> oh yeah, Sarah the crust punk. It was a time. Oh no, crust punk. <laughs> not a fan. All right, though, Wonder Woman, huh? Uh, yeah, it's been a, a, an extremely popular film. There's uh, there's no reason to wonder why we're doing it. <laughs> no, because uh, the title of the film. Um, it's it's uh, do- that was I didn't even that pun was so bad I didn't even get it. It didn't even register. So um, I just want to point out worldwide this movie has uh, has clicked in at 538 million according to the probably sketchy math of Box Office Mojo. Um, that puts it, uh, that puts it fourth, I believe, in the, in the DC, the recent DC universe, you know, movies. What beat it? Um, well, fourth is of four. (laughs) I don't mean to be rude to Wonder Woman, but yeah, it has not managed to break through Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, or the fucking kidding me? The Titan of Batman. Yeah, I'll tell you what beat it is a lack of common sense among film-going audiences <laughs> that are like, yeah, let me watch a shit turd of a Batman and Superman film. It's just a real garbage fest. Granted, it reduces an interesting character well, in the pokes, background. Well, pokes, they did do that. All women showing in Austin, so um, no man wants to see that. 
So that's true, woman. I want to get into it. Uh, this was uh, a movie that I think we were all excited about. I know you and I, Pogues, on our mini episodes, would brought up the trailers for these movies a couple times. We had mostly high expectations for this movie. I think yeah, we yeah. were very positive. The trailers made it look awesome. Never seen a movie set in World War, a superhero movie set in World War One. Uh, never obviously seen a predominant female lead uh, superhero movie that wasn't a hot piece of stale garbage like uh, like Catwoman or like Elektra, which we will yeah. certainly get to at some point. But this is something I'd like to bring up when people say I've heard people make the argument that like well when they make female superhero movies they do bad. Look at Elektra and Catwoman. It's like those two are bad out movies. of. Those are bad. No, those are bad. Who's in that movie? Yeah. You replace it with Batman, and it's the same plot in Catwoman. The movie's still terrible. It's just a bad movie made by bad people. It has nothing. In fact, the characters of the of the characters. Well, not the protagonist. Let's cite that we. I fucking still love Batman Returns exclusively for Selena Kyle, uh, for Catwoman in that movie. Uh, even though she's not the protagonist, of course. Michelle Pfeiffer, you're a gem. I'm sure she's. I'm sure she's tuning in. <laughs> if you're a big Michelle Pfeiffer fan, check out Grease 2. A complete role reversal. But anyways. So let's get let's get into uh, what we always do when we start a new franchise. In this case, we are um, Wonder Woman. Uh, Pogues. Any 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 obsession with the character? Any any love interest? Uh, with, uh, I've with... always found Wonder Woman to be a cool like idea for a character, and I've always appreciated like. Um, the aesthetic i guess like i always like i mean i know it's very over the top and very old-fashioned but i you know like captain america is one of my favorite superheroes and i love the stupid flag costume you know where he's like wearing an american flag i love that for some reason an amazonian woman is dressed like an american flag <laughs> yeah yeah that was cool i've always liked too that especially in the later years they kind of got away from her being just like a sexy woman into being like a like a like a muscular woman who's not just like you know like they gave her like more roles and i read more of the the sort of outside comics you know the series that she's in but are like you know like red sun or, or kingdom come like the comic she's in is an ensemble like the big dc ones i've read those but i've never actually read a wonder woman comic i used yeah. to watch the tv show when i was little i think that i think that's a problem what a lot of uh of people will agree with is there um you can find it runs real quick i don't want to date myself too much but <laughs> There's definitely been a resurgence of Wonder Woman 2 with a couple of the sort of the rewrites of her. Um, uh, obviously, I think everyone knows of her in things like Kingdom Come and in relation to other huge, huge ensemble DC books, like you were saying. But yeah, I don't know if she's got the same thing as like uh, Batman is like the killing joke and Superman is, you know, such and such. Um, uh, Sarah, what about you? I know you're not as, as much of a comic book nerd as the rest of us. Do you have any uh, affinity with the Wonder Woman character from television shows, cartoons? I honestly, like, not even because it was a choice of mine. I really only saw Marvel um, type of... Well, actually, I guess I saw, like, the Batman, like, com- comic, a like, cartoon growing up. Um, and, X- like, X-Men and things like that. I never really saw any Wonder Woman. Maybe I did see some Justice League cartoons every now and then. Uh, my basic understanding of Wonder Woman is just flying in an invisible plane with her uh, lasso of truth. <laughs> I, I think that's how a lot of people, unfortunately, relate to Wonder Woman because she's got much of a deeper, you know, uh, bibliography than that. But yeah, again, it's almost the same for me, where I almost don't know a lot of, of comics that have 
on core Wonder Woman. She was an Amazon, but beyond that, like I, I always found that intriguing. Like, okay, she's wearing this like American flag that's been ripped up a couple times and strapped around her. So I'm like tape or whatever um how is she an amazon i'm very confused about that so that's yeah, pretty much my only understanding of one i also realized that after watching this movie i was like i don't think this is her origin at all like i don't remember this being her origin story so i went back and looked it up and it's like i realized i was like four origins back because they keep changing her origin and so i was like oh i'm so far behind on what the actual origin now is of wonder woman which is actually much closer to the movie Oh, and I, I, I totally spaced on it, but uh, I was just reminded that I definitely, a, a long, long time ago, I think I owed it somewhere, um, is the, the, the George Perez omnibus of Wonder Woman. It's like from late 80s, early 90s. It's considered one of like the one of the better runs of, of Wonder Woman. I highly recommend it if you're out there and you've seen the movie and you're looking for some Wonder Woman comics to, to read. Uh, I'm sure there's probably a top five lists on the internet that are the gate there too, but uh, I would highly recommend that one at least uh, for sure. So with that said, let's get into the movie. Um, uh, Before we get into the movie, though, okay. <laughs> um, I can't get away from talking about the creator. Oh yes, yes. no, I'm uh, glad. I'm glad you stopped for this. Yes. Holy shit, William Moulton Marston! What is going on with your life? Yeah. Like at some points, like a fem- like you would be like, oh, a real feminist, and at other points you're just like, I don't know what's happening here. Sarah, run us down on what you know about William Marston, William Moulton Marston. He was, uh, was he was he was a psychologist, right? Yeah, in fact, he's actually somewhat credited with um, being being integral to the invention of the, oh, yeah, the uh, uh, light detector. Like yeah. he invented the part that was the part that measured your like pulse blood pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the your peristalsis blood pressure, or whatever. That's the part he created. All right. Um, apparently, he was a Mormon, but not a Mormon. I like he he had a wife who he loved very yes. much. But he also had. That's pretty mistress. normal for someone to have just one wife. Uh, yeah. Any other follow up to that? Uh, he also had a mistress. <laughs> <laughs> now, where do you think his mistress lived? With yeah. him. With him and yes, his wife. With him and his wife. <laughs> and they all she got along like delightedly. Delightfully. Yeah, she was also like younger than him, which I'm all for. But, um, so he lived sort of an odd life. He had kid, multiple children by both of these women who lived together in the same house. The only way this man is not like a crazy like Mormon guy is because he didn't marry the second woman. But the craziest thing to me is his like wife who he like married and was with before the other woman came along named one of her children after the mistress. <laughs> That is either a ballsy move, or maybe she was just like, hey, I'm glad you're here, so he doesn't come bother me all the time. Maybe it was like a pansexual type thing? I don't know. So, I mean, pretty progressive for the 1950s. And Sarah and I were reading up Sarah and I were reading up on some of the background of this earlier, and I was looking at the page of Olive uh, uh, Brian? Byron? Uh, that's the mistress, who was uh, far younger <laughs> Uh, they met when she was a senior attending Tufts. Oh. Um, and uh, this is this is straight from the Wikipedia article, which again I you know it's it's the internet. Who knows Olive, what sources? Olive Byrne. Olive Byrne. Yeah. Uh, 
He was her psychology professor, and she soon became his research assistant. Oh, that's not weird. Even taking him to her sorority to do some of his research. Oh, not weird at she all. Was, On vaginas. She was instrumental in introducing him to the world of sorority baby parties, in which freshman girls are required to dress like babies and are treated like children, at which he performed some of his experiments on humans' reactions to power. So that sounds really creepy. Yeah, you see what I'm saying is like you want to get behind him because he had like a really good view of like women's rights in some ways, but then in other ways you're just like, I think this dude was just kind of a creeper. I was also reading about him as well, and I'm not, I can't remember 100%, but there was an article or something somewhere where either he was instrumental himself in some action he took or his, some paper he wrote towards the end of his life or to, like in his later years in, um, uh, oh, ben, what would you call it? Like men's rights. Yeah. The men's rights movement. Yeah, there it is. Oh, so he recanted his earlier stands? I'm not sure if it's just like some of his like papers, but there's like definitely like some, there was a, there was, an article I read that people like were finding correlations between either like some stance like this is like later in his life it wasn't like his peak like Wonder Woman phase like when he's like swinging all over the place and going to baby like like sorority parties this was like I'm a like, time that we can all recall I'm 60 yeah, and I'm I old I remember my times at baby parties that's how we met Pogue tonight yeah um I've heard well with, with... <laughs> With the confusing origin of Wonder Woman's creator out of the way, uh, throw away there. I've heard. <laughs> let's let's get into talking about the movie. So, um, Pose, we we recently watched Thor, which I would yes. say has some parallels to this film because Thor, yeah, Thor takes place uh, partially in the world of the 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 mystical world uh, that's partially historically themed. Uh, that's relevant to the character, and then bleeds into the actual world uh, to, 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 take, to take a story. Um, however, this does exactly what we wished Thor did, and doesn't briefly start you in the real world, then throw you into a fantasy world, and then back to the real world. It technically starts you in the real world, but for like three minutes. Oh, that's true, I suppose, but fuck off. <laughs> the, the beginning of this movie is... Um, She's in the Louvre. She's uh, a curator at the Louvre, or the director yes. at the Louvre, I'm not quite sure. But It was very vague what she did, was, but she was in a room full of antique armor. I forgot about that, yeah. Shit! And uh, the Wayne Corporation delivers a sealed box. Hey, spoiler with... alert. We don't oh, learn that till well, the I'm end. I'm going to throw this out. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to this podcast, because I'm going to ruin everything in it. But Wayne Corp shows is, up. Is someone make it this far and be like, oh no! <laughs> I don't know. I meant to say it at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh, but they give her the original photo, the glass plate photo that they showed in Batman vs Superman of Wonder Woman with the, her World War One vets. And then the movie did something which I thought was sort of weird. Is it zooms in on the photo, and normally when you zoom in on a photo, you dissolve into the photo. You know, into, like, what it's a picture of. But instead, it just dissolves into an entirely different time and place. I'm like, they should have zoomed in on her face. It would have made a better transition. But that's at, just a filmmaking. At work. least they started with the namesake protagonist and not just Natalie Portman yes. doing science. And us, <laughs> and it doesn't hurt that we already know she was alive a long time ago. True, true. You know, it's, not, it's not like just you're in the middle of something you don't understand. You're like, I know 
hopefully you know what the lube is. <laughs> I hope that you're watching it and you recognize it. So uh, you understand who she is because she's the titular character and you should recognize her from at least the poster. And uh, you should remember the photo if you saw Batman vs. Superman. I did not. Well, yeah, you're not missing much. <laughs> so, so we're... It, it, Oh, yeah, we're introduced into the world. And Sarah, could you recall the name of the island? I, I can't off the top Themyscira. of my head. That's right. You said it with the confidence that she does in the movie. Yeah, um, thank you. Because I could not remember how they said it. Because when they said it, I was like, fuck, I've been saying that wrong all this time. I, I just kept missing it because it kept going by so fast. It's it, actually a real place, it, but it's not. not. Really? That's really interesting. Uh, a real get... place, like a real place or like a real Greek mythology place? real it might be a real place i'm not quite sure about that okay. but it's a real greek mythological city mm. where the amazons were from but it's not an island sarah uh, my, my wife has a has a background uh, a long background a graduate and undergraduate in history so uh uh she's she's got plenty ancient of history. ancient history so she's ancient got history. she's got she's probably got some <laughs> some knowledge bombs to drop on us in this podcast i have lots of Classics notes classes. don't worry <laughs> um but we're introduced to their world uh, which contains uh, uh, of note uh, Di- Diana, of course, or or soon to become Wonder Woman. Uh, it contains uh, Hippolyta. 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 Yeah. Is that right? Hippo- Hippolyta. Hippolyta. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, uh, as well as uh, Antiope. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Not great at any of these names. That uh, one I like. While they were saying them, I was like, "This is gonna be a rough podcast." Yeah, like, I'm not gonna be able to name any of these people again. That one I recognize uh, as being uh, one of my favorite actresses of late, which is Robin Wright. She's been she's mind blowing in. Uh, yes, Antiope is is Robin Wright. She's fucking mind blowing in House of Cards. Um, so so I just I was thrilled to see her on here. Although I will say the structure of this movie is a little odd in that. Is she the wife of the guy in House of Cards? Yes. She, oh, she's she's the. I, had, I thought I maybe kind of recognized her, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh she's uh, amazing in that for a number of reasons. Um, but she, it's interesting because in Thor we do a kind of a back and forth uh between the the Norse world and the real world. This one we don't do that at all. We uh yeah, which I, we don't not we do not need. Yeah, she, it is sort of her. She's remembering why she came to the world right. of man, and she's remembering her history before, which. I think works, and it's a good introduction to an island full of warrior women. Um, there is this is there's some rush, rough special effects in this movie, and uh, the word probably the most noticeable is the Amazonian training scene, where everyone is clearly not a real person for some reason. I don't know why, because most of them aren't doing anything that's that unreasonable. But for some reason, too, all the Amazonians spin in circles in the air whenever they fight, and I could not figure that one out. Yeah, there's not a... like a real Zack Snyder thing, because it's like, that would not be helpful to just spin like you're doing like a <laughs> ice skating thing. It's like, that would just make you really disoriented. And I know they did, because they thought it looked cool, but to me, I was just like, that's very confusing. But I digress there. You're introduced to a young Diana, who is the only child on the island that Sarah named earlier. And here. Because as because as her character is described in the original comic and in I guess some correlation to Greek myth I would assume mm-hmm. uh, is that she's she's born from clay. She was shaped by clay. Sh- all right. Shaped shaped with clay by the mother. And <laughs> there, there may be areas to correct. Me. I don't know if I'd call that one. <laughs> yeah, basically the plot in the movie goes somewhat off of her original origin. 
the story she is told when she's a child is her original origin, which is she was shaped from clay and given life by Zeus. And the original Wonder Woman story is she is given a gift by each god. So she's given beauty by Aphrodite, wisdom by Athena, mm. strength by Ares, and all this stuff, which does not happen in this movie. Because in this movie, there's a real alternate version of Greek mythology, which is somewhat confusing. Yeah, no, this is just like straight up bastardization of <laughs> a bunch of different stories. This yeah, is and, like. And confusingly so. Yeah. Uh, this is the Amazonian, like, origin story. This is the. Uh, like Pandora story, Pygmalion. Um, well, Pygmalion, kind of. That's what I thought kind as of. well, I mean, it's too. a person, a statue that comes to life. More so Pandora, but actually, um, actually the Amazonians were created from clay, I believe, is how they came. And that's the origin story of a lot of, like, societies. Like, the Mesopotamians, like, their humans were created from clay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Amazonians weren't created from clay. Just men in general were created from clay by Prometheus in the Greek mythology. So there's a lot of, like, confusing mis- mishmash of, like, different, like, stories and origin stories here. It's also kind of confusing because they set up that um, she is told a she wants to become a warrior. Her mother doesn't want her to. And her mother tells her the story of how she was born and who the Amazons are. And they deliver a very, like, the exact opposite story that most people are familiar with of Greek mythology, which is there's a bunch of Greek gods, of which you probably know some of their names, and they all get along roughly. In this version, Ares is somehow strong enough to kill all of them and wants to because they don't understand that man will be evil is the, the idea which I, I didn't think they ended up really using very well because well, they don't like, really explain part of the why man stays evil at the end of the movie. Yeah, this is why this is like a weird mishmash. It's Pandora. It's the story of how Zeus took power. Like, Zeus like took power away from the Titans and because the Titans actually, like, the, like Zeus and, like, Aphrodite, not Aphrodite, like, Hera and all their, like, parents, like, ate them. Like, the, their father ate them. And, yeah, it's just, it's very confusing if you're at all familiar with Greek mythology. Yeah, <laughs> and also the, the origin story is another point where they do this very bizarre, like, CGI, which, I don't know, just seemed weird. Uh, but they tell the story, and for some reason, Diana does not understand she doesn't get the message i mean she's a kid but they make light that zeus gave uh the amazonians protection by hiding their island and gave them a sword that could kill a god and um the idea is that Ares lives though mortally though wounded he lived and one day the amazonians will have to kill Ares because he brings war and he wants to destroy the amazonians because they're the only people that can stop him so there's a twist about uh, the god killer weapon, which is mailed home very early on. I mean, so early on that you're just like, I don't. This is one of there's one point in this movie where it's one of those things where it's a scene in a movie where you just cannot figure out why the person will not say a very important thing. They're just like, I can't tell you, and it's like, but why? Like it would help everyone if you just told them. There's oh. really no downside. The, the point where little little Diana runs up and is like, it's beautiful, and her mom stares at her like, yes, it is. Yeah, and then she keeps saying, like, you can train her, but don't let her know what she is. I don't want her to know what she is. It's like, yeah, we got it. She's the god killer. I don't, 
And then at the end, she talks about like when Wonder Woman eventually goes to leave, she says, "I won't tell her who she really is because Ares will find her then." But Ares finds her anyways, and she has no idea who she is. So now she can't fight him. So really, all you've done is increase her chances of dying instead of just being like, "Here's the situation. Here's what you are. We should really train you to kill this guy because he's eventually going to show up and try to kill you." Like even if she didn't go to the world of man, they believe that Ares will eventually show up. So. By keeping this fact from Wonder Woman or from Diana, it seems like a real dick move. So it is, but she's also kind of dumb because she didn't realize that something might be different about her when she could deflect bullets with her weird gauntlets, and that she could like make shit explode from her forearms. Like she found out right before she went and found Chris Pine. Yeah, that was a weird power sort of uh, 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 they put on her tool belt where she could combine her arms and in certain scenario, explode energy because it was thinly defined then and it was thinly, you know, utilized when she actually does it later in the film. But uh, uh, I'm just piling on here. One thing I wanted to point out is, um, you know, especially when doing a a, a good movie like this, which I think we all going into this this podcast episode all enjoyed this film tremendously. And I would Um, recommend seeing it, but I'm going to nitpick the shit out of it because yeah, I just want to... I just want no. I just want to make that point is that uh, even when we've you and I folks have done this many episodes about movies we like, it's extremely hard not to just focus on moments of criticism because they are the most entertaining and the things that float to the surface. But I want to just say here, as much as there is like a, a heightened CGI effect to all the sort of action in this early sequence, um, it's fucking the best. Uh, there, there is some fantastic fighting uh slightly reminiscent of well i wouldn't call it a a, a, a landmark of uh of, of fighting movies the 300 franchise where it kind of mixes that uh that slow-mo with the like yeah. like like the fast high-speed action which just seems to work so well for this kind of fighting yeah i was gonna say the fighting i think is when you can really see probably Zack snyder's influence yeah, but it, what what I what I commented when we got out of the film was is that unlike say Nolan's Batman movies, the fights in this movie, as as even though they're 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 almost over choreographed and really CGI, uh, they are shot in solid frame and are consistent. So what they don't get is that twelve cut j- the fucking jumbled mess where you're like, I think yeah. someone's fighting someone else, but I'm not totally sure. It's like if you watch the first three hundred, you're like, this is cool, and then each time they did it, they're like, what if we cut eighteen times more? So by now the time you see it now in films, you're like, I have no clue what the fuck is happening. But yeah. I, the only part of this movie where there's really bad CGI I think is the opening that scene where they are training and it's jarring because the cgi in the next like five minutes where they eventually fight germans is really good so it's just like i don't understand why the one and this is something that i think that's where they locked him out and he started eating donuts yeah and he was just like it's like you know you guys can render that right hello ah fuck it Ooh, you know chocolate glaze um but there was a scene where this is something that made me laugh out loud in the theater and people looked at me weird but there's a scene where they're showing everyone training, and uh, the general, whose name I don't know how to say, uh, goes up to another how do you woman. How spell it? I can't remember. His it's name. it's the Robin Wright character, I think. Uh, that's um, sorry, that's, that's NTP. Inside. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. So she goes up and she's like, "Good, good," and she's walking around. She's looking at all these people, and she keeps saying "good." She says it like five times, and then she walks up to another Amazonian. And she says, 
how's she doing? And the Amazonian just looks at her and she's like, she's doing good, good. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Nobody, like, they say good like nine times in two sentences. And I'm like, did nobody realize these people were mic'd? I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. When you're watching the movie, just take a listen because it's such a bizarre line to be like, they mic'd these two people so we could hear them, but then gave them no lines to actually say to the point where, why did I need to hear them? But, it's the ancient times, Pope, so they didn't have as many words back then. As many words for good? Uh, well, like, that, that's bad. That leads me to a good question. What is your estimate for this time, young Diana? Because uh, I believe her comic book origin puts her in, like, the late 1880s is her birth. Uh, my guess would be in the movie, unless she ages extremely slowly, the beginning of the movie takes place right after Ares has been killed. So it's, like, eight years later. Unless she does it, unless she ages really slow. Okay, when do you put Ares being killed? <laughs> well, I guess like the dawn of time, because they, <laughs> Ares kills all the gods, and then he's wounded by Zeus, and Zeus is mortally wounded and dies. But well, the whole Zeus thing is pokes. her father, so Ares he had wasn't to still be killed. Alive. Pardon? Ares wasn't killed. Yes, but Zeus was, and Zeus yes. is Diana's father, so he had to be alive before that to have sex with Hippolyta. And impregnate her. So unless she like gestated for a really long time, Diana's been alive for ten thousand years. By the time that's the only that's the only way it makes sense. By the the origin they eventually give her, she would have to be around when. A I'm pair... just pointing out DC comic puts her or her birth in oh, yeah, like 1887 sure. or something like that. I'm, I'm sure the DC character is from a different time period, but in the way this movie is laid out, I assume that it doesn't make any sense because. It appears as though the Amazon, the Amazons have been on this island forever when Diana is talking to them. But later we find out she's literally Zeus's daughter. Not that Zeus gave her life from clay, that he was he had sex with Hippolyta and, and she had a baby. So And Zeus is dead. So I'm, I'm like, how long was she a baby? How long was she in her – like they don't really explain how long it's been. And clearly Wonder Woman doesn't age when she reaches adulthood. So um, uh, we, we have spent a, a tremendous amount of time in, in uh, Wonder Woman's origin period. Uh, 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 catapulting ahead, we've got an introduction to Chris Pine, uh, Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor, who's definitely a, a, a mainstay of the original comic from uh, back in like the 1940s when it was originally written. He's um, he's been a mainstay from a huge portion of oh yeah Wonder Woman's career. He just like he does in the origin story for Wonder Woman from the very first issue, uh, he crashes into the sea uh, outside of the island, and then it brings the Germans in, and there's uh, there's a battle sequence uh, which I found super cool. Like I just because yeah. you don't really know what the rules are with the Amazonians yet, because Wonder Woman is in DC Comics essentially bulletproof. Am I wrong? She's a, she's a demigod, so she yeah. is uh, impervious to a decent amount of harm, but she so, can still be killed. Right, of course. So so you're not expecting maybe the other Amazonians to be so easily felled by a bullet, but they are actually, after all, just human. Uh, just spectacularly trained humans in badass costumes, just by the way. Like, uh, Robin Wright's character's costume, I fucking love, like, the helmet and like, the way the horns come down on the side. Super into all the costumes, including Wonder Woman's. But um, this is a weird point in the movie for me because it's, it's obviously we're throwing criticisms all over the place, but one of the, my, my one hard criticism that I actually had about the movie is that there's no well-defined villain, in my opinion. Um, no. 
and, and, and the introduction of the quote-unquote first villain is just the vague Germans, uh, which is weird because this is World War One, where I would say people less see the Germans as like the bad guys. I mean, I know that that argument could be made, but uh, it's not like as easy as World War Two, where you can just say Nazis. Like, it's a... yeah, yeah. Like in the First World War, you're like, well, technically, we all like the whole world was put into war because we all signed a bunch of treaties. And yeah. Two two countries that weren't very big went to war and then we all declared war everybody declared war on each other yeah so, so know, it's less like germany was warmongering at the time although there probably would have eventually been a world war you know right of course but, but but the idea to say that like the germans were these like instantly evil people is is a really kind of like hard line to take um yeah but that's fine i mean if you're gonna make a villain uh the opposition in a war uh is certainly a fine place but uh, then we're slowly introduced as as the movie sort of takes a step back from the island and kind of gives you the broader the broader scope of the war uh, and where and the world where Chris Pine's character comes from. You're introduced to Lugendorf as well as um, oh shit the name of the uh, poison lady. Let's just call her Doctor uh, Poison. Doctor Maru. Uh, Doctor Maru and Lugendorf are introduced as as sort of like the actual villains. But even then. They're just the villains for the first sort of two acts, and then they're really just the second act. Actually, they they're they're kind of cut out of the of the end because they're defeated or otherwise you know uh, sent to the wind, and then you know Ares becomes the final villain, uh, which is I kind of liked that though. See, I found it confusing because Lugendorf was not well defined. I mean, he was basically like the classic villain archetype. He's like James Bond villain-esque, where he's just like, I'm going to scowl and and drink some sort of weird... Or, or well, that's s- why you thought he was like... It was it was a distraction. You thought he was going to be the ultimate villain because he had like Dr. Poison behind him. He kept like snapping those poppers yeah, in his wh- face. What like. was his like... <laughs> His like his like superpower musk he just kept snapping out of vials. And I assume he just it's got just super strong. Yeah, it's just like PCP. Like there was a point where like he like when she first gave it to him that he was super strong. I think like he was almost he was almost godlike. I wish there like, was a was moment. Kind of a match for Wonder yeah, which Woman, I thought was kind of weird. Not. And not necessary because it, it's only put in there so that for one moment well, he it's can put fist. Well, it's a misdirect. Well, the it's all that was pretty like. It's right. put in there so that Wonder Woman has a fight scene with him, right? I think it's put That's in it. there so that because the for, pro- for the fight scene and also for anyone who's really dumb to think that maybe he is, he is Ares. Ares. Yeah, I agree. I think it was potentially misdirect. But how? At what point did you guys realize who Ares actually was? I did not at all. I didn't. I oh never, really? I never thought it was him. I was. I did not expect not, that. Try. I thought Ares didn't even exist. I did not expect that there would be an Ares, and then I definitely didn't expect that it would be Nigel Thornberry. So I knew it was him the second they were in the meeting and she was reading the book. I was like, motherfucker, this guy's Ares. This is stupid. He's trying to push the Armist because he needs them to hold off so they'll create the weapon, and this is really dumb, and I'm annoyed. And I was annoyed when it turned out to be him. I might have annoyed. gone to the bathroom at that point. <laughs> I don't remember it. Before we front load this podcast with uh, a half hour exclusively about the first 20 minutes, uh, I want to bring in some other other factors here. So let's talk about the fact that we uh, that we moved towards uh, 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 into the actual uh, world Chris Pine came from, which includes the 
which includes the um, uh, which includes the, the 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 world of like industrial Britain, which I found amusing when they rolled in. Yeah. <laughs> she complains. Like, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I'm like, that's great, because usually they like take her to like New York City, and she'd be like, wow, it's amazing, but she's just like, yeah, ew. I, do, like, <laughs> I mean, they call England. Uh, the big like it was like the big fog or something or yeah and she comes from a, a literal paradise island so i, I find yeah. it really amusing that that, that she thought that was horrible but we're introduced to a bevy of characters one uh the core one of course is um Anna? is who, who becomes aries eventually wow. which is uh oh yeah i was gonna say let's talk about is her name emma edda edda that woman has what might possibly be one of the funniest lines in a comic book movie that actually maybe it was just to me they go they take wonder woman and try to dress her in like 1910s you know 15s clothing so she won't stick out because she's just wearing like a big fur in her wonder woman costume and so they put on this outfit and he puts on glasses which is a reference to that was every superhero in the 40s disguise but he puts glasses on her and she said oh yeah now that you put glasses on her she's not Specs. she's no longer literally the most beautiful woman you've ever seen yeah. and it's just the way now she that delivers you put it. specs on her is that what she, it's just yeah. the way she delivers it is so good it made me laugh really hard in the theater also if you didn't catch who that was it took me a minute but that is diane uh from Shaun of the dead that's uh liz's friend one of the major characters Shaun of the dead uh Great movie. Just wanted to bring that. <laughs> because I, I kept staring at her and be like, I know that face. Um, she is a character from the comics who is yes. a, much like that, uh, I guess what they would call now a, a plus-sized person. I don't know what the fuck. The she's got like a Jimmy Olsen kind of vibe to her, where she's like, yeah, she's I'm just, just a regular like, person, but I'm going to help out. Well, And she's like really like sure of herself. Plus, and she's plus, like another archetype of kind of like a, even though she's sort of his secretary, she kind of like she ribs on what a secretary is and she gets put in charge of the mission and stuff. And so, you know, they give her more to do than just being, you Plus, know, she doesn't really actually do any real secretarial work for him. She tells, pick up some clothes. she tells Steve Trevor what the fuck to do. Her walking around with the she's sword and boss. shield was also hilarious. Like she didn't know how to hold the sword, the shield. Yeah, she's like, yeah, doesn't she say like lovely when they walk away? Yeah. 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 Um, but we're also introduced to, yeah, the character that ultimately becomes, uh, Ares, uh, I believe it's Sir Patrick, is that what it is? I know, it's, it's, uh, David Thewlis. Yeah, Sir Patrick. Sir Patrick, yes. From being, uh, the main character in the Island of Dr. Monroe movie, the terrible one. Yeah. And if you've not seen that, I cannot name, an, I can't think of another movie he's been off the top of my head. But he Harry Potter series, like, he's Professor yes. Lupin. <gasps> he is a lanky yeah, British is. man. I didn't remember And at this that. point, he's kind of old. It's has a ridiculous. He's the most Professor Lupin, R.I.P. Bizarre choice uh, for an Aries character. I, I know if that he was like a Arnold Schwarzenegger type person in the beginning, you'd be like, oh, that's Aries. Uh, yeah, but what, what got well, to Ares me was Aries wasn't supposed to be like this big burly, like I'm gonna fuck you up, dude. He was. But let me be, say, like, kind of like an emo, like oh, everything's terrible. I'm gonna like fuck shit up. But Sarah, let me say that in the movie when he reappears and reveals himself to be Ares, he's very much playing like a Loki like yeah, character. Yeah, Ares and Loki are very similar. That's interesting because even in the movie, when they show you like those weird snippets where he's like fighting uh, Zeus, he looks like he could, he looks like a Hercules. Like he's got, yeah, he, when he looks him, fucking ripped. And then he is like laying there wounded when they yes! get a flashback. 
it is it is David Thewlis's head on like a CGI. Like I mean, it is a yes. It's like one of the dudes from 300's body. He's and I I need to be shit. I need to be clear here. Our entire auditorium laughed when they cut to that scene where it looks oh, like only... Nigel Thornberry in like Spartan gear. Everyone laughed, and I'm like, post movies. No, I just I just gotta say like post movie. I was wondering like, did they want a laugh? I'm wondering because <laughs> it's it's very. I don't know. He, like, I thought he shows up and he's like the old man and he's talking to her and she's trying to kill him and he's explaining to her that, no, you were Zeus's daughter, you're actually the god killer, the sword doesn't mean anything, it was just a prop, blah, 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 come with me, we'll destroy all of mankind and we'll turn the world back into a paradise, all this stuff, and he's the old man, and I'm like, okay, then she's like, no, I won't do it, and they start fighting, and he puts on a suit of armor made from, like, destroyed tanks, and they zoom in on his face and they still, like, it's him, it's the same old man with the same stupid mustache from, like, the shot before. I'm like, why couldn't they have just made him be in the suit? Like, don't let me see his face at all. Underscoring him as an old man with a dumb mustache is just ridiculous. Look, when you pay that... I just assuming that form. Post, God. When, Post, when you pay that David Thewlis money, you gotta get your <laughs> David <can't>. Thewlis. <laughs> And people were like, no, you can't cover his face. I just was like... No, I agree. Know, maybe it's like an helmet. American Gods type thing. Like, no one believes in you anymore, so you're kind of yeah. stuck with your, your physical form that you have. Oh, so I like that, though. You have to, like, Except get all the tanks to, like, make up your, like, six-pack. Like, it's just... It's, I'm fine with that's that. That's not real six-pack. That's tank six-pack. Yeah, but he looks that way when he's mortally wounded tank in the pack. time period where everyone believes in them. So he still looks like David Thulis then, too. I was just like... Why couldn't he just yes. look different? And that uh, that body is just if he just you could even make him keep the same voice. If he, he just stopped showing his face in the wounded scene, if he just didn't have his mustache, it would feel somewhat better. But anyway, we're getting stuck on this. Um, so as as we're entering into World War One for real, uh, I was super fucking the, excited. The Great War. Uh, the Great War, the war to end all wars. I was super excited about the scene in where uh, Wonder Woman just scales out of a foxhole. A, that's fucking awesome, because everyone in a foxhole would probably just wish that they were powerful enough to step out of a foxhole and just stroll across and start kicking Germans in the head. And B, from having seen the trailer, I knew that happened eventually, but I figured that we'd work our way to that point. They just got to the war. <laughs> but, like, two yeah. minutes of being there, she's just like, fuck it, and just, like, gets up there. And I was like, all right, fuck, fuck waiting around. Let's do this. And I was so amped. And the scene was longer than I expected in a way that I very much appreciated, where, you know, she's getting hit by machine gun fire, and she's deflecting bullets, and her team's running up uh, to, like, you know, give covering fire, and they're charging through no man's land. And as that rolls into the like non-stop action sequence that this becomes where she they fight through the trenches and they move into the town i was just i, I couldn't be happier for that like 10 15 I, I minutes i think that was probably like the best part of the whole oh, movie as well. holy it, shit it, i mean the once they get to town the fight scene becomes a little ridiculous but overall i was like this is pretty cool i liked when she was running across no man's land i did think it was weird that like the german soldiers had no like people's reaction to her being superhuman was really muted like nobody like none of the germans were like wow that's weird there's just a like a partially nude woman especially by 1910 standards walking towards us carrying a sword they probably thought she was american yeah they're just, they're so yeah bald. what gave it's it american. away <laughs> no con no uh she was not patriotic enough folks 
<laughs> it also is strange that in, in the in the classic Wonder Woman story, I, I would assume her costume, and I don't have any actual clar- clarity on this, but I assume her costume is what she dons and creates for herself once she comes to the world Justice of man. League? And no, her, her mother gives it to her in the original comic. That's where it comes from. So the Star Stripe effect of it is just coincidental. She gives it to her because she is supposed to go to the world of man and... Okay, but it's... it's See, that's the thing I'm talking about. Specifically because of this. Her costume yes. in the comic, I, I assume, must have some relationship to the American flag to be yes, that close. But this movie doesn't seem to have that connection, or unless I missed it. It just well, I mean, seems... Other than the fact that it's red, white, and... I mean, it's red and blue. But no one doesn't... says America, you know what I mean? Like, in fact, in fact, every character you meet is essentially British, so... The only character who's not British is Steve Trevor, and... No, he's British. He's a British spy. No, he's American. He's American. Oh, he's an American? He's an American spy. Working with the British. Working with the British. Because okay. had not yet entered World War But to me, it seems crazy time. that her costume would just be so hilariously coincidentally... Uh, a fucking American flag. Anyway, okay. Well, I don't think her in. I don't think in the movie it's an American. I mean, it's just red and blue. I mean, that's technically the French flag and the British flag. Oh, oh, all right then. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, without the stars, it really loses a lot of the American flag. That's fair. Feel. Um, it looks more like body armor in, in the movie than it does anything else. So, so we as we move into this the the film's arc here, we're also introduced to some tertiary characters that are, for me, very reminiscent of the uh, what I called the Forgettable Four from when we watched Thor, which are the band, the sort of like Dirty Dozen characters that they meet. Uh, it's very much like um, the Howling Commandos. Yes. Except for with more lines. But I thought this was sort of, this. Was, there was a couple points in this movie which I thought were weird choices where I was like, this film is mirroring Captain America the First Avenger, and I would think that would be something you would want to make sure you don't do. And, I mean, the ending of the movie is very, very similar to the ending of Captain America for Chris Pine's character. It's like a very similar plot, which I thought was just weird that that's how you would do it. But we'll get to that in a minute. I What did you think of this weird group they assembled, which was like – it also felt – that was the one part of the movie that I thought was like sort of weirdly forced – because he meets all these people, one of which is a uh, Middle Eastern man who says he can't be an actor because he's Middle Eastern, which is not true. In the 1910s, there were Middle Eastern actors. Um, but he, that, he says that's why he had to become a soldier. Then you have the Native American who talks about how he has no land because white people stole it, which then never comes up again. Diana just drops that after she finds out. You know, I mean, I was waiting for a scene where she was like, why'd you take all that guy's land? But yeah. never comes up. And then the Scottish guy who can't fire his gun... But then at the end of the movie, he's just firing his gun, and we never exactly understand why he came over his PTSD. Oh, I will say, I gotta jump in here real quick, is that, um, is that uh, the actor who plays um, who plays the chief, as he's just referred to in the film, his name is Eugene Brave Rock. He is a born and, born and bred First Nations Native American. Uh, Thank God he's actually a Native American. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been in a lot of... That would have been real rough. As, as would expect, he's been in a lot, including he uh, he was in The Revenant 
a fair amount uh, and, that, and other things like that, which is which is really fantastic movie. It's very accurate about a lot of things in terms of Native Americans. So I, I was really excited about that. Uh, it's very often that they just find um, just someone on the, the on the skin color spectrum. <laughs> Italian man. <laughs> yeah, Italian. Man. Yeah, I was gonna say like the vast majority. If you remember from when you were a kid, if you're old enough, the car the commercial where the Native American turns and cries after somebody throws a bag of trash out the window. I do that, that is not, every that time. Is not Native American. I cry every time. He is 100% just a Sicilian. It's he's really fucked up. Sicilian <laughs> or Italian? Just, yeah, he just oh. made his career playing Native Americans. But these, these characters... Seen any old Western from can the I, 60s. Can I say what that reminded me of? Yes. So that little meetup of everyone in the pub and their little like band together reminded me of Inglorious Bastards plus uh, Ocean's Zone. I can see that. Yep, I see that. <laughs> I think that might be a better version than the way I said it. What bothered me about it was that it's basically what you said earlier post, not to put uh, too much too much too many words into it, is that you introduce these three characters, they're all given some kind of element to make them enough of a character, but those are all abandoned. Um like it, it felt like they wanted each one of them to be cuz this movie they they said they wanted this movie to be very socially conscious, you know, they're supposed with, to be like, flawed. Hmm? They're Pardon? supposed to be flawed. I, right. I agree, but I just think it's weird that you give each one of them like an individual weird thing, and then it's never brought up again. Like yeah. the one guy's like, "I wanted to be an actor, but I can't because I'm not white." And then she's just like, "Okay." His people stole like, my land. My and land like, but fine. I, now I work for him. Well, and she's I mean, not like that's weird. I can't she, shoot. She never mind. I can shoot. I don't. I don't mean to like override this whole like tangent that you're on, but so I had this whole like theory like this is basically the hero's journey, and she has no idea. She, she doesn't know what the fucking actor is. She doesn't know what, like, racial yeah, genocide I'm... is. She doesn't know any of the stuff that's happening. She not, just, like, I'm... takes their stories and, like, absorbs it and understands that everyone's slightly different. And but that's what comes into play. I'm sorry. But, I know, what I was going to say is I, I get that, and I think that's what they were going for. The, thought, the part I thought was weird was I was like, they're clearly trying to set up that she's starting to see all of the problems with man, that they care about race, that they steal from each other, they kill each other, they're, you know, haunted by their own demons from the terrible things they're forced to do. But she never addresses any of them. So at the end, when Ares gives his speech about being like, you've seen how bad man is, you're like, other than seeing that the Germans are shitty, all she's really dealt with are nice people that are just trying to survive a war. So I was like, they should have built more on her, like, realizing, like, how terrible it is everywhere. It's not just because there's a great war. The world of man is awful because we're racist, we're violent, all this stuff. But instead, it really just seems to be focusing on to be like it's just it's just World War One. If there was no World War One, mankind would be all right. I guess you man. I, you know what? This would make an amazing novel. I agree. Yeah, I, they I could feel expand like, upon that. I wouldn't be surprised too if there's huge chunks of those scenes with those actors that were cut out. Yeah, I feel like they must have been because they just because wanted to pack it. Because there was just way too much specificity to their characters to yeah. never be a because like. They bring up that the one guy has PTSD, but it's like they take over the village and he's just cured. Like, he starts playing the piano and they're like, there we go. And it's like, okay, so is he fine now? Or what? Because we... He never all all he needed was more war. <laughs> yeah, and then at the very end, he's just shooting people left and right like nothing happened. So I'm like, I don't understand. What? I, I, you lost me somewhere. So, like I said, I'm nitpicking, though, because really that didn't affect me in the movie until I thought about it afterwards. Yeah, but let's... At the end, like we said, it turns out the guy who's been doping up uh, is not Ares. He's killed. The real Ares shows up. But there is a plane full of a 
new form of mustard gas that also has hydrochloric acid in it, so it'll eat through gas mask and then kill the person. And it's also really flammable. So it's on a plane loaded, and it's going to fly to an area and kill everyone in it, much like London. the end of Captain America. Yeah. Which and is it, why I, I thought it was. And a, a Steve climbs into the plane to selflessly yeah, stop it. And, and they do look very. They look similar enough that she's like, oh. And then he decides he has to sacrifice himself because it's the only way. But what got me in this movie is I'm like, wait, they had dynamite, and there's parachutes on that plane. Why didn't he just light a stick of dynamite and then jump out of the plane with the parachute? Because it had, a be ten, it had a 10-mile radius. Yeah, but if he flew it up high enough and then threw the stick of dynamite and jumped out, the plane wouldn't fall quick enough. So but it still would have been safe. His trajectory after he jumped out of the plane and when the dynamite stick exploded and pushed all the gas out, he still would have died anyway. There's a chance, but I would have liked to have seen some effort, man. Just, I just thought that part was kind of odd. And I also I thought it was sort of weird that like she's... She suffers from tinnitus, but, like, she can be thrown through a wall, but, like, really loud bangs make it so she can't hear, which well, I thought was, like, a weird, like... I oh, thought that's... that, too. Um, I thought that was really strange at the time when you couldn't hear what they were saying to each other, but then you flash back again, and she can hear, and she's answering him later on. So she did yeah. hear. It's just it you was as the weird. audience can't hear for some reason. I, I, could not fig- I couldn't figure out if it was supposed to be, like, she was thinking back and she was reading his lips. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. But... It was, you know, so it's sort of a bummer of an ending because she's in love with this guy. He kills himself to blow up this gas so that no one will be killed. She kills Ares, and then oh, the germs... I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I predicted uh, Steve's death from, like, an hour before it happened. Oh, yeah, I assumed he was going to yeah. die. Like, as soon like, as they, like, kissed, I was like, he's dead. Yeah, when they closed that hotel room door, I was like, uh-oh. At least he got to go to heaven before he goes to hell. But, um... The, I thought the ending, like I said, was very similar. But what I thought was weird is, all right, they kill Ares. Hey, folks. Yes? I just high-fived across the distance. Excellent. That's what, we, that's what we call the internet. We call it the distance. Yeah, um, what you call idiots. <laughs> um, like but that. no, uh, the German soldiers just, like, give up. And they're all, like, hugging and stuff. And that I was, was like, odd. As and if... I was like, so wait, Ares really was making the war? Because I was like, I thought the whole point was going to be... Because like, we, had, we had more wars after that. <laughs> If you go back and like read accounts, there like especially during World War One, I'm not so sure about World War Two, but there were times where there were truces between the sides, like on Christmas and Thanksgiving yeah, and like, like times like that. that. When they're like, Hey, like, let's just like stop fucking fighting. Also that Christmas we're gonna, truce. Like, hang out and like and that is a real thing. Actually it's weird. That Christmas truce lasted for about two hours before um before someone threw someone like threw a Christmas present into the trench that actually had a bomb in it, so <laughs> they're not as they're not as wonderful as like uh, as they often sound like they might be. But that was my confusion is is the, the movie thing that just confused me. Yeah, the movie makes it seem like Ares was the cause of all the war, and so I was like, but yeah, the movie pitches literally another world war in twenty years. The movie pitches two ideologies: one that humans make war and it's complicated as steve tries to explain it's complicated it's nuanced people are good and bad you kind of have to believe that there are good people even when there's bad people murdering everybody and she is has that more simplistic view based on the kind of the greek mythology that there is a Ares, and he is the he is the 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 arbiter of hate in this world and without him man is good those are the two ideologies except in the movie 
it it mashes them together because he you know the war is happening it feels like Ares is not even involved early on in the movie at least to me and then as if it's that's just that's just Diana's failure to understand the complex uh, nuances of his society and then he turns out to be real and actually does seem to be influencing people but then he's dead and I'm left wondering well then why aren't we all at peace forever well that's why I said that he is basically he's like the Loki like he doesn't create evil right he takes something that is already there and influences it and shapes it and he like there's a whole point where he was like explaining his motives to her where he like was saying I like go and I whisper ideas to them like he was whispering ideas to like Dr. Poison or whatever her name was I get that and, but like, giving he's... them like the like the seed is there already and he like waters the seed and he gives it like little seed presents like here you go seed well, get dressed that... up and nice but the thing that I thought was weird was by knowing that man still is evil, Ares was right. So the bad guy was right. Man should have been destroyed because they would only end up bringing horror and pain and suffering to the world that the gods had created for them. Pose, you're, you're just, evil. Pose, you're just saying. Pose, you're just saying. His argument is man's going to become evil and they're going to do bad things. So we have to get rid of them. And that's why all the gods fight. That's what he says is. I wanted to show them that man could that man was evil. You're and just I, saying that, folks, because you're trying to defend your Aries was right tattoo. That's all. I, I... <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> he was right. No, I just thought it was odd because I was like, it kind of underscored, and it can, and I get what she's trying to say at the end, and there's like an uplifting message at the end. I just thought it was sort of a weird choice to be like, well, she, you know, it should have been like Zeus knew that man would be evil, but that, you know, or she should have realized that like for all the terrible things man's capable of. He's equally capable. I don't know. It just it just seemed weird to underpin the end to be like, and then there was no more war, for like a decade or two. Yeah, for you like know? for the rest of, for the rest Is of that, that day. What they said? No, no. But the soldiers like are hugging. It's it's, it's yeah, very much like. Rasp of world. I think they were like, mostly like, oh shit, we didn't get murdered by these two crazy people <laughs> flying in the air. Sure. Oh god. Ah! But they continue to fight during that god yeah, fight. They they are having a fight as if like there are not two gods throwing each other into the ground repeatedly. But I mean, if you weren't paying attention, you maybe would just think that that was like shells hitting. But or something. we're talking about Ares is defeated, and then people who were literally charged with bayonets suddenly like look stupefied and put their weapons down and hug. It is a clear indication that Ares was driving them to battle, yet I don't think this Maybe is... Maybe he has, like, a three-mile radius, like, influence. Right, just and beyond that, it's just it. us? It's just us being evil? <laughs> That's my yeah, confusion. I just, I just thought it was, like... And I understand she says she stays, and her goal is to, like, stop the evil in man by showing them, like, the value of love. And I get that and the message the movie was going for. I just thought it was a weird choice at the end to be like, hey, man, we did it. You know what I mean? It's just because it feels like at that moment you're like, oh, she won, I mean, she killed Ares. At the end of uh, Harry Potter, some Gryffindors hug some Slytherins, so. Yeah, but that's because you know Slytherins are crazy and sack, and they're just hoping to get an in. The Slytherins aren't weren't just mortaring the Gryffindors in trenches moments ago. All those yeah, point chemical I weapons. Like but kind of. <laughs> not, not even kind of. Uh, Cadabra. Ben's gone now. Those, I'm the host of this podcast. Those are well, evil words. We can do. Uh, well, uh, since we've gone quite long here, uh, what I want, what, uh, 
any rundown moments that you wanted to discuss, particularly positive ones, since we spent most of this time nitpicking a perfectly great movie? Um, uh, there was something that was brought up in the movie. They constantly say in the movie that Diana is too distracting. And I almost feel like they put that in because during the movie, like, Gail Godot is just a very attractive woman to the point where it is almost distracting sometimes while you're watching the movie just to be like, she's just, like, really attractive and I'm not paying attention. And I felt bad for myself. <laughs> but there was a – I thought that, like, overall the comedy in the movie worked really well. Yes. The, the lines that were intended to be funny made me laugh. Um, Even, like, the weird dick jokes I found humorous. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, like, I, I And thought, in like, bulk. A lot of – what was what was the woman's name, Sarah? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Antiope, I saw this movie. or what? Antiope or oh no, the the Hippolyta, uh, Edda? the secretary, Edda. Edda. Sorry, I saw this movie like two weeks ago. I saw it the weekend after it came out, and we had some scheduling, so we didn't get a record as early, and I can't find my notes. So thank you, Edda. I thought ninety percent of what she like she was brought in for comedy relief, yeah, and she nailed it just from like top to bottom. It worked. There's a bunch of great jokes when she first gets to London, which are really funny. They do a good point of, like, sort of showing the absurdity of, uh, like, that era of women not having any rights. Like, she's in the room, and she's like, I can read Sumerian. And they're just like, why is a woman here? And she's like, oh, that's really dumb. Like, <laughs> that was the concern at one point was they're like, well, we can't talk about the war in front of a woman. Yeah. So uh, I also enjoyed that they didn't Ninja Turtle her sword. And by that I mean uh, many times movies will give someone a sword, and then they will run around hitting people with the blunt end yes. and, and, and and like just having it in their hands while they punch with their other hand. Like she straight sliced some 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 Germans in half. Like <laughs> Oh, she killed a lot of people. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> there is something you brought up real quick that I have to address. Um, when she fights the German guy who's hopped up on meth, she stabs him on top of this guard tower and she jumps down, she leaves her sword there. And then Ares shows up and she goes to reach for a sword and is like, oh no, it's not there. Then they cut away to Chris Pine and them figuring out that this plane has a bot that has like all the chemicals on it. And when they cut back to her, she's just jumping down from the roof and she has the sword. There's Why the some, fuck was that in the movie? There's some weird cutout scene. There's gotta be right because it was like I was like, wait, why did they even put that in the movie that she didn't have the sword? Yeah, I thought they, they just she just immediately has it. Yeah, no, there's like some weird scene. Like maybe they thought that they like make her fight to get it back, or yeah, there's some. Yeah, weird it was just cutout. it was just very weird when like I saw it. I was like, wait, what? It was like you know, it just seemed an odd thing. Like why have her not have her sword only for her to get it back instantly? But Sarah, what was some things you enjoyed? Um, Since it's mostly been me yelling about this movie. I have a list of notes. I'm gonna read from them, but also I'd like to mention Edda. Also, sorry, Edda was Dawn from the. Uh, English or British version of The Office, or the original version. Oh. Like, Dawn is basically Pam from The Office. Good to know. For listeners. Um, I loved all the Amazons, by the way. Like, during the scene where they're, like, fighting and, like, doing, like, their workout or whatever, I love, like, how there are so many different types of Amazons. There's, like, from macchiato to caramel to latte. Going down the coffee (laughs) walk. Yeah, I like that the, the senator, like, in the background of, like, every shot, they worked it in. They were like, no, it's not just one. Yeah, they're not, like, it's just, it wasn't just, like, a bunch of, like, white ladies. It was, like, there are some people from, like, Nubia, like, which is, like, very accurate for the time period. And for, yeah. like, Amazon, there are women who may have been, like, from, like, another, like, place who were kidnapped and brought to be at Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, and they all had scars. Did I, they? I didn't yeah. notice that. They all had scars. If you like watch the movie again and watch them like going through their training session, they all had scars like crisscross all over their body. Interesting. I did not notice that. Um, ooh, piece of trivia. Uh, the word Amazon comes from ancient uh, Amoza. That means the like that a breast is gone. So one of the reasons that they think that the Amazons were called Amazon was because they cut off the right breast so that they could like more accurately shoot their bow. Ooh, that's because you know it would get in the way a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, that's just. Yeah. That's like. I don't like, I don't like thinking about old timey surgery before they invented anesthesia. That's just a theory. I they people like historians don't think it's really possibly it might be accurate but it might not be because all the ancient like statues like depicting amazon show them with both breasts hmm and yeah i know basically just there's a lot of stuff about the how all the mythology is kind of messed up yeah amazons were supposed to be children of aries aries and harmonia one of the uh not a titan, but one of like the like, other types of goddesses got together and the Amazons were born, so. Yeah, they definitely were playing fast and loose with the mythology of uh, the Greek pantheon in this one. Did, overall, did you enjoy the movie? Oh yeah, I like the movie a lot. And so you would recommend it highly? Oh yes, very much so. And do you think it was a successful... Uh, like sort of female empowerment movie to sort of show a a, a a role which is normally portrayed by men, you know, an action star, like an action hero. Do you think it did a good job with that? I'd like your opinion as a woman. I think so. I mean, there was a bit of romance, which, yes. I mean, most women would be fine with. I kind of wish that they had gotten a little bit more depth the fact that she could be a lesbian, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, like, I, I thought they might play that up more in the beginning, but we're not a lesbian. I'm not at sure. Least bisexual, so. Yes. Um, yeah, overall, it was very enjoyable. Um, I would give it four and a half. There we go. Mm-hmm. I wanted your opinion because, like, to me, I'm like, oh yeah, it works as a, I think, uh, like a gender role swap to be like, you know, powerful woman. But I'm like, maybe it doesn't work the same way for somebody you know what i mean maybe it's just because i'm a man i think it was good so i wanted a, a woman's opinion and it would be good to have one that's why we were glad you were able to make it for the podcast so it wasn't just me and ben talking about movies as usual <laughs> ben would you would you recommend it highly yeah it's uh it's it's a it's a competent story uh performances fantastic across the board it's you know, really relevant to its original source material, which is hard to do and do well, especially something that was made in the fucking 40s. Uh, and it, it just, it, yeah, it, it hits it. Yeah, I would highly, I would recommend seeing it. I think it's probably the best DC-made movie since The Dark Knight. Uh, and it will probably be the best for many years to come. Uh, so I would check it out, support the movie so we can get... Uh, you know, other female superheroes we love to actually get movies finally uh, and see if we can get more of those made. Uh, other than that, does anyone have anything else they'd like to say before we close off? Of course not. Or of the course next, not. Or the next DC female-led movie, um, I a Harley Quinn movie. 
Uh, they are doing. They're doing the sirens, I think is what they're called, and it is Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy, I believe. It might not be Catwoman, but I know Poison Ivy's one of them. And they I'm are. I'm on board. Pardon? I'm on board with that. Yeah, I mean that could be good. And they have. Uh, there's going to be a Batgirl movie that they're supposed to be working on. So DC is is making that headway. Marvel has Captain Marvel, which will be out, I think, in two years, which is Carol Danvers. So that'll be their first female-led movie. But hopefully this means, just in general, the success of this film will mean more diverse action films being made because it's uh, my favorite genre, and I would like to see them shake it up because it's a stale genre at this point. Maybe we can get that lady horrified way. I, I would actually be psyched if they did uh, some of the Marvel Now stories and they did one where uh, Jane Foster becomes Thor because the Chris Hemsworth Thor is not worthy, just like in the comics. I think that could work in a movie pretty well. But we'll see what happens with Thor Ragnarok when it comes out. Uh, join us here next week. We'll do our mini episode. If you have any comments, suggestions for films you'd like to see us do, uh, send them in to facebook.com slash naospod or I, there is no or I don't know how to say or but uh, let us know and we'll tell you next week what movie's up on the, the block that's it